inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining. 11 years ago, Alexei Kapterev made a presentation called Death by PowerPoint, which since then has gathered around 11 million views. In 2012, it was followed by the book called Presentation Secrets, and in 2017 by the Coursera Specialization. Alexei teaches at the Moscow State University's Higher School of Business Administration, Skolkovo Moscow School of Management, and he works for a multitude of Russian and international clients. Hello, Alexei. Hi, hello. Very good. Nice uh, having you here, uh, Alexei. And regarding to this presentation called Dead by PowerPoint, actually just minutes before this uh, conversation, I went to Google and I, I put Dead by PowerPoint. And actually, yes, you appear very top there and it's the oldest entry that I found. So... It was you who um, who used for the first time this dead by PowerPoint. Uh, no, that wasn't quite me. Uh-huh. Well, I guess I I now own the phrase, but uh, actually somebody else came up with it a uh, couple of years before me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just sort of created, I guess, the most popular product with this name. Uh, but no, I, I wasn't the first one to come up with, with this thing. <laughs> but one of the first one, it was the at least in a slide share is very 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 top. Yeah, it's a great presentation, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I still cannot repeat the success. Uh, it might be difficult, of course. Uh, Eleven million views is is, is quite a lot. <laughs> so well done. So please, Alexei, tell us uh, what are you doing nowadays. Um, well, I have a uh, consulting practice and I also teach a lot. So it's about 50-50 split. I work as a uh, corporate trainer and as a business school teacher uh, about half of my time and another half of my time I work uh, helping my clients to prepare to some important talks, conversations in their uh, lives. So uh, this is uh, more or less what I do. Uh, I cannot uh, stop teaching because this is my passion, but and I also cannot stop consulting because if I stop consulting, I will start teaching, should I say, bollocks, uh, which <laughs> I precisely do not want to do. Uh, so uh, here I am sitting on two chairs at once. Okay, excellent. You find uh, your your perfect balance you know, to to bring the best of yourself to to the ones that really need it. No, these are are. Uh, Having this dead by boring point and other, and other vices and, and, and looking for great piece of advice like you. So when we had some conversation earlier, um, we, we thought that we had a great idea to talk about structuring a presentation, how to structure a presentation, a talk. Um, so let's start. Um, what are the common mistakes that speakers uh, make when they are structuring a presentation? Uh, well, if you ask the audience, the uh, single most uh, sort of common complaint is that presentations are boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
this is, I guess, uh, it's thing number one. And <laughs> if your presentation is boring, then nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. uh, then, after that, if it's sort of more or less interesting, then we have this uh, next question, whether it's understandable. And a lot of things are interesting and confusing at the same time. Mm, yes. Most fiction works like this, for example. Uh, then if it's, and I think presentations should be understandable, then uh, it, I can understand everything and disagree. So the next thing is whether it's convincing enough. And finally, uh, as this question, whether it influences people uh, decision-making. So four things, uh, interesting, understandable, convincing, and motivating, I guess. Um, and these are the four biggest problems with presentations as far as I'm concerned. And the, 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 the first uh, and the single most important problem is that the presentations are boring and we should definitely do something about this. Yeah, it's... it's four uh, excellent points that are essential points for any any presentation uh, i remember i i i attended one one training by a very good uh, uh communication coach and he made a he made a comparison but he has a question what what a building that he he, he showed in the in in the powerpoint he showed the the photo of a building like this um these very old Roman buildings, and what are in common a speech and in a building? No? And that was a question. No? And the and the answer was that both have a structure. No? That's that's <laughs> it has to be a solid structure in both. Or was the the building is going to collapse? And what's going to happen with the presentation? Well, it collapse. There are different ways to. <laughs> that the presentation can can collapse what do you think yeah yeah i guess this is uh, exactly how we call it to 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 sort of to fell flat mm -hmm. um, right it, it just falls flat so what um uh, what cases have you seen for instance where you have been coaching p uh, people or or seen how they are preparing for the presentation and and the structure was not was not clear what experience have you seen there? Um, well, I don't sort of. I don't typically start with uh, with bad presentations. I typically, when I work with my clients, I typically start with no presentation at all. Mm -hmm. I just start with with a random bits and pieces of uh, data which I should put together, uh, create an uh, inspiring, engaging. Uh, structure so um, the, the the challenge is uh, to organize the information uh, number one but secondly in a logical way and that mm -hmm. this is what I think uh, uh, we should start with we should start with organizing information in, in a very methodical and logical and very understandable way and then add some interest uh, sort of above uh, all the, the the structure that we imposed before. Uh, this is the, the the process that I'm following. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, finding the the first ideas. Uh, yeah, some data as you as you mentioned, and then find a, a logical way. But and and do you have some 
some method or be best practices for that? How, how do we do it in, in practice? Um, well, um, if we continue this metaphor uh, with, with the building, um, it's like building blocks that, that you have. Uh, there are like four things that you can do with the audience. Uh, thing number one, you can inform them. You can provide them with facts and figures. And uh, this is what most people do. And this, I think, is absolutely necessary. Trouble is, it is boring. Uh, the second thing you can do, you can entertain people. Uh, where you uh, sort of try to induce uh, these or that emotions. Um, the third thing you can do mm -hmm. is you can influence people's decision-making by selling specific solutions to people. When you're entertaining, you're not influencing decision-making. You're just eliciting feelings. Mm -hmm. But if you're selling, you elicit feelings in order to do something. And then, finally, uh, thing number four, you can talk to people and give them options. Uh, present them uh, sort of different pathways and then in a dialogue uh, help them to choose uh, the right one. And the difference uh, between dialogue and selling is when you're selling, you are sort of pushing mm -hmm. a specific solution on the client. Uh, while when you're in a dialogue, you are sort of creating the solution as you go. So uh, let me recap uh, four things that you can do. You can inform people, you can entertain them, uh, you can sell to them, and you can be in a dialogue and adjust whatever it is that you're saying, customize it on the fly, if you will. And the goal is to mix those four things together uh, because there's very rarely uh, that you can do only one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're doing just informing, it's boring. Mm -hmm. If you're just entertaining, it's fun, but it's pointless. If you're just selling, you're pushing too much. You come out as pushy. And if you're in a dialogue, um, well, you're not achieving any goals of yours. So you have to mix those four things uh, according to the goals that you have and to the expectations your audiences have. And this, I think, is uh, what sort of my consulting uh, jobs mostly boil down to. Uh, looking at whatever it is that I have, how much information do I have, how many sort of personal stories and entertaining anecdotes I have, uh, what do I have to sell, and uh, is it okay to actually talk to people? Uh, and how can I, what are my, what, what are the options are? Uh, how can I adjust on the fly? Uh, and mixing those four things together will create uh, a perfect talk, if you will. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's excellent. I like this uh, for, um, I see, like, as you mentioned before, like a, like a sequence, right? The, the, when you start structuring a presentation, you, you first get um, the information, you know, the, the feeling, the, 
the goal of informing something that that's not enough is going to be boring as you said then you have to put some spices is the 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 entertaining side that'll be the next phase and then uh, the persuasion selling as you said persuasion so are you going to convince them your audience to to something to do something and you have this additional point that is uh, very interesting is about dialogue no so it sounds like the probably sound the trickiest of all because you need some some feedback some interaction during the presentation is it true oh yeah that, precisely this is the, the the single most difficult thing to accomplish but this is i understand this is where current trends are this is what people mostly talk about in our business uh, they call it conversational presentations mm. or another term for that is non-linear storytelling oh. it's when mm. you adjust whatever it is that you're saying on the fly it's like uh, you know in, in sales they they say that presentation is just one phase of the process of selling first uh, you uh, need to sort of understand the needs of the audience, then you give the presentation, and then uh, there's uh, finally another part, uh, which is typically called negotiations. And in conversational presentations, you collapse those three things into one. During the presentation, you sort of elicit responses in order to better understand the needs of the audience. Then you also present something, and then you have negotiations built in right into the presentation. This is very difficult, but this is, I think, very uh, rewarding in the end. And uh, this is, I think, what we all should be doing, provided that the basis is right. I mean, provided that we do have the information, the uh, sort of entertainment part, and all the rest sort of fixed together. Mm-hmm. Yes, and do you do it in in that order? I mean, when you are prepare, preparing for the for the presentation, these building blocks, you do it in that order. I mean, chronologically, first in, first you find your elements for informing, then entertaining, and like that. Well, uh, first I I try to understand the balance. Uh, what is the audience? Uh, I typically assess them according to. Mm, well, more or less two uh, fundamental criteria. First, do they have motivation to listen? And if they don't, then uh, this is an indication for me that I need to have a lot of motivation, a lot of selling, if you will, in my talk. And this is mostly about discussing problems. Uh, second, if, if they have motivation, then I ask myself, do they have knowledge in order to understand complex things? And if they don't have enough knowledge, I need to educate them. That means I need to give them facts and figures. And that would be the informational side of my talk. So once again, two things, motivation and knowledge. I typically start, I work with difficult situations. So I typically start with people uh, who are not motivated and not very knowledgeable. And I try to end the conversation in a state where they are both motivated and knowledgeable um yeah and if they're very unmotivated i know that i need a lot of entertainment because entertainment is mostly needed when there's a problem with motivation mm -hmm. yeah it's um 
Yeah, like a like a pre-work is uh, knowing about the audience, know why they are interested, what are the expectations. Yeah, and uh, also I, I typically start with an expectation that they are not interested mm. uh, because <laughs> m- many people assume the opposite and this I think is a mistake. You shouldn't assume motivation nowadays at least. Yeah, but pretty often it is true. People are are distracted by, by <laughs> just to say something. Yeah, yeah. yeah w- w- what I'm trying to say is not that they're totally unmotivated. It's just their motivation lies somewhere else and you need mm. to sort of switch them to a different topic. And Alexei, do you have some, some examples, concrete examples of um, either famous presentation, famous talks, or some talks that you have worked with your clients, you can tell us a bit more specifically one example, or if you have more. Uh, Well, um, a couple of months ago, I was helping to prepare a presentation for the room full of Mm -hmm. public prosecutors, which is a very tough audience, especially in Russia. Uh, so the question is uh, whether it's appropriate to start a presentation with a personal story mm. if you have a room full of public prosecutors. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, those are kind of the questions I'm trying to answer with my clients. Uh, and the answer is, well, probably not. Um, we probably shouldn't be starting with a personal story. However, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be starting with a story, which we did. We started with a story. It just wasn't a personal story. Oh, yeah. uh, but uh, because we needed that sort of motivation, we needed a story in the beginning. And the point I'm trying to make is that you don't always need a story. Uh, lots of people watch TED and, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, 90% of uh, presentations at TED begin with a personal story. But you shouldn't take it as a given. Uh, TED is a very specific sort of conference with a very specific audience. Uh, people there are not experts. Mm, I don't know if they're overly motivated. Probably not. Uh, and in this context, personal stories are perfectly appropriate. But if you are presenting for a management board, uh, the situation could be quite different. And their mm, personal story probably wouldn't be something I'd recommend. I mean, it depends on the situation. But these are kind of uh, more or less uh, those dilemmas that that I'm facing, that my clients are facing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) there are always um, new situations that you might think, what should I do now? (laughs) It's it's just different. And you cannot apply the the rule that 90% of people are are, are using. No. Yeah, of course. Uh, the, basically, this is what consulting is all about. Uh, mm. You're not called when the, the, the situation is easy and you're called yeah, when the situation exactly. is hard. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is true. <laughs> That's why you're called uh, because you are the, the expert at, at this. And I'll say, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? Uh, my favorite quotation. Yes. I guess uh, my favorite quotation comes from one of the speechwriting conferences I was attending. And I don't remember the author, unfortunately, but it goes something like this. Uh, Never write a speech which is not part of a campaign. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that is, uh, you have to have a cause. You have mm. to be on a mission to do something. And if you are, that really helps you do a great presentation because nobody is really interested in you uh, selling your stuff. People are interested in something else, something bigger mm. than some local you know, sales situation. And so basically the idea is to have a cause, have a campaign, uh, which would, well, as far as I'm concerned, which was, which, I'm sorry, uh, which would improve your presentations a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a great quote uh, because um, it's going to motivate more if um, the, the audience, if, uh, if they believe that what you are telling them is part of a, a big cause, a big, uh, a big mission. So that's, that's a good point. You can, maybe what you are presenting is not um, per se part of a big cause, but you can uh, somehow align it there and make it sound that is part something of part in big or adjust your your content to to make it uh, part of something big so yeah yes. i think it's a great quote yeah. uh, and and then uh, if you have that uh, i mean structuring is um, more or less easy if you will uh, you have an introduction when the idea is for you to have this connection with the audience. And many people misunderstand the word connection. Connection means that you are saying something and the audience nods. Mm. This, so when yeah. you start this feedback loop, uh, this is how you know that you have this connection. Then, of course, you should address a problem which is relevant both for you and for the audience. Many people miss that part entirely, or maybe uh, they talk about things uh, which sort of has to do with them rather than with the audience. Uh, and then, after the problem part, motivational part, you just have the informational part. You tell people three or four things you want them to remember. And then, of course, many people miss the ending. Uh, they do something what I call the so what presentation. Mm -hmm. So in the end, you have to provide this so what piece. You have to have a summary uh, and maybe even a call to action, mm -hmm. unless you're presenting at TED, of course, where selling is prohibited. Oh, yes. But mm -hmm. if you're not, and in many occasions you're not, you can actually ask the audience to do something for you. Um, so the, the default structure covers, I don't know, 60-70% of all the situations. But then, of course, there's a vast amount of situations which are not covered by the default structure where you really have to, um, not to improvise, but to sort of do something different because the needs of the audience are different. Alexei, could you now recommend us one book that has been uh, influential for you? Uh, that's a tough call. I <laughs> guess uh, that would be John Truby's Anatomy of a Story. That's uh -huh. an American author uh, who is writing about uh, Hollywood um, scriptwriting okay. craft, um, which on the surface might be not directly applicable to... Uh, presentations, but if you sort of really read it and interpret it, 
Uh, I think this is the best book on presentations and selling I ever personally read. It's very well structured. It's an easy read. Uh, and it contains a lot of great advice on how to structure, well, they call it stories, but very broadly, we can call it presentations as well. So Anatomy of a Story. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh. By John Truby. Okay, this sounds great. Alexei, finally, could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend us doing a regularly, a routine to shine? I'm not doing any uh, exercises daily myself, apart from physical exercises, I guess. But here's an exercise that I did for quite a while. Mm -hmm. uh, you take a chapter from a fiction book, mm -hmm. and then you read it out loud and you record it and then you listen to it and understand that uh, as you listen you actually hear that sometimes you, you really really understand what it is that you're reading and sometimes you don't sometimes you're reading like uh, like a computer would be reading like Siri <laughs> reading and Those kinds of places you need to re-record. Mm. And in order for them to sound right, you need to have a picture, you need to have a visual in your head. For example, if you are reading something about Berlin and you've never been to Berlin, mm. you need to go to Google Image Search and Google Berlin yeah. and, uh, well, immerse yourself in Berlin. <laughs> sure. Uh, as well as you can uh, and then read it again imagining that what you're saying is about burden and then after doing this for a couple of years maybe I did that for two and a half years not daily but weekly mm -hmm. uh, you start to understand that uh, you shouldn't be saying anything unless you have a clear picture of what it is that you are trying to say And this, I think, is the single most important regular exercise that really improves your public speaking skills. Other than that, I think it's mostly about structure. Uh, and structuring is not an exercise. It's just discipline you do with yeah. uh, whatever information that comes. Uh, you use, I don't know, Mind Manager or XMind, uh, mind mapping software to structure things. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is not an information. This is a practice, a discipline, if you will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need discipline and find some tools. But yeah, you need discipline and you will uh, gradually start structuring better and better. So it becomes uh, as, as, uh, as much as you do, you become better. So yeah, I like also your routine to shine, what you said about reading um Reading fiction, fiction uh, books especially. And that point that you said that you have to imagine what you are saying, really paint a picture on your mind. Otherwise, you will be reading as a robot or as a, or as a machine, or as a Siri. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And m most uh, fiction books are very visual. The, uh, mm. This is why I recommend doing it with fiction books rather than with reports. Exactly, exactly. Yes, the, the language is per se more um, 
there is more visual the, the the language per se. So thanks a lot, Alexei, for all these uh, very interesting stories and piece of advice. Please finally tell us how we can uh, learn more about you or follow you. What are the best ways? Um, well, I guess the, the best ways would be to just Google me. Um, I have more or less three things, which is, once again, a uh, Dev by PowerPoint presentation. And if you Google Alexei Kaptrev Dev by PowerPoint, you will find it. Uh, secondly, it's a book uh, which was published in 2011, so uh, I guess it's an old book now, but it's still in print, and it's called Presentation Secrets. Once again, if you Google Alexei Kaptyrev Presentation Secrets, you will find it. And finally, my latest creation, if you will, uh, the Coursera specialization about presentation skills. And if you Google Alexei Kaptyrev Coursera presentation, you will find it, I guess. Uh, this is more or less the optimal way to find it. Yeah, many ways. Perfect. <laughs> Both printed and online. So again, thanks a lot, Alexei. It was a pleasure talking with you and all the best. Uh, thank you, Oscar. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at time to shine podcast.com until next time